and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios. Uh, do you want me to read through the injury report for you, Wolf? Uh, yeah, okay. okay we, haven't, we haven't got to do this uh, yet this week. We do it a lot this season, it seems like. And we don't have Thursdays officially out yet because it's not there yet. Here are Cardinals who did not practice yesterday on the injury report. Okay. Zach Allen, Robbie Anderson, Chris Banjo, Kelvin Beecham, Zayvon Collins, James Conner, Antonio Hamilton, DeAndre Hopkins, Jonathan Ledbetter, Colt McCoy. Wow. Limited, Lucky Fotu, Josh Jackson, Billy Price, Isaiah Simmons, Tanner Vallejo, Marco Wilson. And Hollywood Brown's on there, but he practiced in full. So yeah. Look at that. How about that? I love that. <laughs> Hollywood Brown. To the end, my brother. To the end. Uh, for the uh, 49ers have a decent... Here's the thing about this game on Sunday. San Francisco needs it. Like, in a way where they could... You think San Francisco, as much as they like Brock Purdy, wouldn't mind just winning their first playoff game this Sunday, getting a first round bye, and, and having to play one less playoff game with their last overall pick rookie quarterback in there. Like, it just move right on to the second round. That's what's on the line for them if they win and Philadelphia loses. Yeah, you know, once again, it's something that could happen as well. But the 49ers, you better believe they're going to go out and they're going to give the Arizona Cardinals everything they've got. Of course, their best shot. And if you're Kyle Shanahan right now and you're John Lynch, the general manager, and you're looking at this team that you guys built and constructed, um, now all of a sudden you've got Brock Purdy. Man, I, I did this story right here. Um, I, I love Brock Purdy. I, I really, I hope he just throws four picks this weekend coming up. <laughs> I hope he does. But overall, I hope he has a great career because I love this kid and who he is and the opportunity he's received. And man, he is making the bo- the best of it right now. He is playing so well for the 49. Now, once again, when I say that, it's it's game management for the most hey, part. Not everybody can do that, though. Not everybody can do that. Not, not everybody's built that way. That is excellent by you, Luke, that you could actually identify that and point that out. Well played, sir. <laughs> um, it's the truth, though. And he's doing it right now. What a great story this will be going forward. And I know they play in the NFC West. I'm not going to root for the 49ers. Actually, I am. And the reason why I will tell you, if in fact they get into the postseason, I'm never afraid of saying, oh, the Super Bowl champions from your division. Yeah, you know what? That's exactly what you want. Well, that's great. You want your division to be good and to be tough. And the reason being is because it forces you to go out and compete. I'm glad you feel that way because it keeps happening in this division. <laughs> Just consistently teams from this division going to and or winning the Super Bowl uh, year after year, it feels like. I, before we get into the Hopkins stuff. Okay, now that you say that, now I'm putting it into perspective. Yeah, maybe It doesn't make me feel no, that yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> Have Buffalo or Thank whoever you. win. You just crashed my world. Good, that's why I'm here. Um, that's actually in my job description. They were like, we well, just crashed the world. Yeah. You really are. Uh, you said this going into the break. You think there are more teams in the NFL that could win the Super Bowl than NBA teams that could win a title. And I looked at it during the break. Yeah, okay. I have I have nine teams, I think. But yeah, I get a really stretch. I got nine. No, no, nine in the NBA. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that legitimately could win the title. Okay, great. 
I only have six in the NFL. Can you convince me on a couple more of these? Okay, listen. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. Okay, I have um, them. I, we got Josh Allen, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. That's, uh, what is that, one? Yes. Uh, number two, the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, you Bengals. have them in order. Yeah, I have Cincinnati, too. And I just want to be clear. I'm not saying, like, teams that aren't on my list of six, I'm not saying these teams can't win playoff games or yeah. make some noise. But I'm saying, like, who realistically do I could I see holding the Lombardi Trophy in Glendale in February? Yeah, Buffalo, Cincinnati were both on my okay, list. Okay, uh, number three, the Baltimore Ravens, I believe it, even with Ooh, Lamar. Yes, I, see, I didn't have them. Yeah, no, I, I'm listen. They, they are a physical bunch. If they get hot in the postseason, um, look out. You know, my worry is with a them nightmare. Is is they are that team that I feel like. Yes, if they get hot in the postseason, they could they could be a nightmare, like you said. It also feels like if they're down like twenty one to seven in the first half of their first game, they can't come back. That's why I'm always a little bit wary about Baltimore. Okay, good. Uh, you're wary about the I am not. No, that okay. Sound like um, it. How about number four, the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, definitely. Okay. okay Ron them. Wolfley reporting. <laughs> the Chiefs are good. Hopefully, uh, everybody was listening. <laughs> how about here it is, and this right now? You want to talk about a team that is playing better? The Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh, and didn't have them either. everybody okay. was talking about the Chargers before the start of the season, and now here they are, ten. And six. Um, at the midway point of the season, was anyone looking at the Chargers going, man, I guarantee you they're going to win 11 games? No, 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 no. There were, there were some skeptics, as a matter of fact. There were some people throwing a lot of mud in the Chargers' dire- direction. And let now me, all of a sudden, here they are. Let me give you, because I actually had the Chargers in my initial power pull this season, week one. I remember that. And then for yes. the longest time, it looked stupid. My only concern with them winning the Super Bowl is I could see them being in the AFC Championship and like being, I don't know, down, let's say down two with like 20 seconds left and being at the opposing 10 and going for it on fourth down because Brandon Staley's chart said he had to. That's my only worry. There. I love that. That is good. That's good right there. I'm only I'm half just gonna, joking. Okay. Right. I, okay. Uh, I think uh, the Chargers. Wait and see. Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers. Yeah. All right. Okay, so what was I at? That was That's five. five. You have five, yeah. That was five right there. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, basically. Okay, it's my I had them. Uh, the Eagles, that is number six. The Dallas Cowboys. I have them. I'm sorry. You got that defense, baby. You got that defense, and you got a quarterback that, again, I'm not saying Dak Prescott is this um, awesome. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not. But, man, they're starting to run the ball a lot better now. And that defense, anytime you got that defense, man, you give me a defense and a punter, and I'll be in every game. Somebody's got to come out of the NFC. Somebody's got to come out. So what is that now? What is this? That is uh, that that's was five six. for me and seven for you. I've I've had Dallas, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Philadelphia, Kansas City. You also have Baltimore and the Chargers on your list. Okay, now so. the Minnesota Vikings. You have the Minnesota <laughs> no, Vikings in there. I you don't. I, I refuse to. I I didn't have them either. Right now, okay. you still you leave have them on your list of nine. I I don't. <laughs> I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> oh. and I have the San Francisco 49ers, so I actually have eight is what I have. No, you had nine. Oh, okay. 
you, do, you don't. You didn't have the didn't Tampa, have Tampa Bay. No. You didn't have Tampa. Come on, man. Uh, it's it. Come on. I know Luke. it's all going to work You've out for Brady. I know. It. I just You've been saying it all but year. They're, they're so bad. The one thing they're you, not good. Tom Brady. What's the one? You no. Know, you know what? I did have nine. It was the Green Bay Packers. I That's forgot about ten. the Packers. That's ten. Okay. Well, listen. It's Aaron Rodgers. No, I know. And you know what? Too. It's the Green Bay Packers and running the ball. Why haven't you been running the ball? Matt LaFleur, why have you not been running the ball? you got to be kidding me on that. This was coming into this season. I said it at the beginning beginning of the season. I don't know why I can't talk right now. Yeah, I do, because I'm all jacked up. (laughs) My tongue feels like it's four inches wide because I'm all fired up about this. But the Green Bay Packers coming into this season, this was going to be the best defense Aaron Rodgers had in a long time. And now we're starting to see them play like a true Green Bay Packer team. They're troubled. Nobody wants to play the Packers in the postseason with Aaron Rodgers as their cue. Well, maybe San Francisco does because they always beat them. But everybody well, else, like you were saying, Minnesota for sure and doesn't want to play them, and they may very well end up playing them. Let me just say this about Green Bay, and we haven't talked about DeAndre Hopkins at all in this segment, but Green Bay bothers me not because of anything about Green Bay. But on November 27th, Cardinals lose to the Chargers 25-24. Remember that game? Okay, maybe if you just convert a, a third down on those those three three-and-outs, you win that game. But whatever. Just to put in perspective, that was a couple days after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Cardinals dropped to 4-8 and eight on the season. In Philadelphia that same day, Packers lose to the Eagles by 7, dropped to 4-8 and eight on the season. Remember how everybody's like, oh, the Cardinals are done. And they were, ultimately, but done at 4-8. and eight. Well, the Packers are going to make the playoffs. They had the same record as the Cardinals a month ago. Yeah. They were both 4-8. and eight. Yeah. You're not done at 4-8 and eight in the NFC this year. Now, you're obviously done at 4-13 and 13 or 4-12. Yeah. and 12. But there was still time to turn it around right there, and the Packers have done it. Yeah. What's yeah. your point? Just irritates <laughs> just me. The Packers turned it around, yeah. and the Cardinals did not. Okay, yeah, good, great. Good for them. I'm just saying so There's the something Packers there with, right with now, turning around and the Packers and the Cardinals and yeah, I don't know. There's a joke yeah, in there. The Packers, once again, man, they have won four in a row. Um, the most points they've given up in those four victories have been, have been 20 points. Um, their defense is playing much better. Now, once again, they're not playing juggernauts. They're, they're, they played the Bears, the Rams, the Dolphins, of course, and the Minnesota Vikings. But um, they are playing so much better, and that confidence is the currency of competition. Never forget that. The joke, of course, being that A.J. Green didn't turn around when the Packers played the Cardinals last year. And then, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, when we come back, how much are injuries impacting the Phoenix Suns right now? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Great news, Wolf. I hold in my hand. Not really. It's on this monitor. The uh, the first round of NBA All Star fan voting. Okay, 
right okay. here. Just came out today. The first round. Yes, they do these updates obviously for a while. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, who do you want to know about on the uh, the Suns? I've got the top ten. Okay. Uh, at guard and front court for the Western and Eastern Conference. I'm not going to go through all of them, but anybody in particular? You yeah, know? where's Book? Let's see, Devin Booker is behind. He's eighth among guards. <laughs> okay. Now, as well, it, he's been there. as it was framed to me, he's uh, just ahead of Austin Reeves of the Lakers, who is ninth. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Listen, he's missed a lot of games, man. He's missed a lot of time. Everybody misses a lot of games. <laughs> Austin Reeves of the Lakers. Anybody that might be playing fantasy basketball right now, just go yeah. ahead and look out on your league's waiver wire and see if Austin Reeves is out there. Because he is. He's had it like a decent year for the Lakers. Yeah. He should not be ninth among... He shouldn't be that close to Devin Booker right. among vote-getters. So are you saying that you feel as though D-Book is being disrespected once again? Yeah, but... I, yes, but if you look at the guards in the Western Conference, like you do... It is sort of a reminder of how good... You've got Steph Curry one, Luca two, Ja three, SGA four, Clay Thompson five, who's had a great four game stretch. And in fact, I think it's the best of his career, but I would say Devin Booker's had a better season. Russell Westbrook with the Lakers. I don't get that one. And Damian Lillard and then Devin Booker. But there are some really good players on that list. Doom. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just putting that out there for the, um, this is the time of year. You just where, wanted to get out in front of that, uh, didn't just, you? Right yes, there. because I know this is the time of year we all get upset and we're like, why is Devin Booker at DeAndre Ayton's not even on the list in the front court? I mean, of uh, all the years, you could understand why D-Book wouldn't, right? I mean, he's missed all these games. And I, I realize that um, fans out there have voted for a lot of players that have missed all these games. I realize that's happened before in the past. But yeah, yeah, if you're talking about Devin Booker not getting the respect, that he truly deserves. Uh, yeah, I th- I think that is still alive and well. I guess he's missed ten games right now because because the thing is, yes, he's going to miss a bunch more games. We already know that, but he, that's he, all he's, he's missed. Only, he's to this point only missed ten games. Yeah. Wow. So man, it feels like he's missed like fifteen. Well, when they when they come out and tell you he's going to miss the next at four least. weeks at least, then it just feels like he's missing all those. But he technically has not missed them yet. Uh, speaking of injuries, though, Devin Booker has missed 10 games. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has missed 4. Chris Paul's missed 14. Cam Johnson's missed 31. Campaign got hurt again last night, and we don't know totally where uh, where that's going, but the injuries, in fact, here's Monty on, on campaign last night first. Losing uh, Cam uh, just put a lot of pressure on Chris to have to bail us out, but um, it's a tough game. Did you see anything lingering with with Cam at all? No, I didn't. Uh, I saw him with the trainers at halftime, and um, then they told me he was out, so I just had to roll the dice with you know, rotations and things of that nature. That, that's a tough spot for Watts to be in, uh, to have to come in and uh, on the road and play a game like that. Yeah, especially because Chris Paul, once again, had to go out and play 40 minutes. Yeah, that's not that, game. that was not the plan at the start of the year. No, that was not. The plan was not to have guys missing games and Chris Paul being the one that was playing both halves of a doubleheader or back to back, not a doubleheader. We're not there yet. Back to backs or playing forty minutes in a game like last night. No, I, I just it. honestly right now, Luke, you're listen, you've got the pocket protector over there. You you've Never got the worn pen a right there in the front. You got the spectacles, of course. Why don't, None why don't of you these go ahead and I have one pen that doesn't work. Why don't you do some research in regard to really how 
currently am doing research as you talk, too. <laughs> How many games, honestly, have we truly seen the Phoenix Suns? Well, it's And funny. when we're talking about the Phoenix Suns, we're talking about all of their starters out of the floor. Funny that you should ask that. Okay? Yes, okay. Because let's first agree on these parameters. I would say coming into this season, or let's say... The Phoenix Suns in the middle of the offseason, you would say their their top players were Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, those two flipping from six and five, right? Yeah. Uh, campaign would be the next guy. Yeah. And do you want to put Landry Shamit in there too? Uh, I would. Okay. I would after campaign. Yeah, okay. Of so there's there's your top eight guys as as they should be for this season, okay? Here's how many okay, games. You know what? Honestly, um, let me. Re- re- I'm just out loud. I'm, I'm reconsidering. What about Tory Craig? Right. Okay. I mean, honestly. Okay, fine. We'll put Tory Craig in there too. He's in there as well. Yes. Okay. It's okay. So here's how many games each of these guys have missed. Okay. Okay. Just going right down in order. Devin Booker's missed ten. Chris Paul's missed fourteen. Da's missed four. Mikel Bridges doesn't miss games. Cam Johnson's missed 31. Yes. Jay Crowder's missed 39 and counting. Okay. Campaign's missed 11. Landry Shamit's missed 12. Torrey Craig, since you had to have him on there, has missed three. <laughs> it's just kind of like, it's so weird to me right now. It really is um, how disjointed and discombobulated it has been for the Phoenix Suns and their starting lineup in particular. We have not seen this. If, if you want to write off Jay Crowder and say he was never supposed to be a part of the equation, that's fine. But even if you're just looking at Devin Booker, Chris Paul, D.A., Mikel Bridges, and Cam Johnson. Yeah. We haven't even seen those guys play together, but maybe, what, four or five games this year? I know, and, and yet when I hear you say, if you want to write off Jay Crowder, you know what? You know what is really becoming apparent? And, of course, we talked on this weeks ago. Weeks ago. But Jay Crowder, honestly, everything the Suns seem to be missing. <laughs> you point to and you look at Jay Crowder in a single human being. Mm-hmm. Granted, I'll give you that. In one player, not from a team perspective, but from a player, one individual perspective, he embodies everything that it appears as though the Suns are missing. Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Isn't it? it, it, it and it's, and I'm not, I don't want to say he, he's the fulcrum to the entire season for the Phoenix Suns. No, I, I know that, and I'm not going to say that yet at the same time. Really? It's not like if they had Jay Crowder, they would suddenly be 13 and 5 in their last 18 instead of 5 and 13. It's not that. But I think what you're saying, even though you just took seven shots at me previously, I'm still going to back you up on this, is having Jay Crowder. He, he does embody a little bit of all these things you're missing. He would help you a little bit in attitude and defense and accountability and occasionally could just hit a bunch of shots. Now, occasionally he would miss eight straight threes and just keep hoisting them up there. But you're right. All the, all the categories you look at and say, oh, the Suns are kind of down there and there and there. He wouldn't like instantly fix any of them, but he would help you in most of them. And so for him to just be sitting there getting paid to not play while you lose 13 of 18 is weird. Yeah, no, it is. It is completely weird. It's almost like people, here comes shot number eight, that actually button their button up <laughs> down to the third button. Who does that? This would be the Who second honestly button. walks? No, you got the top button you got the second button well, who buttons you got the all the third way to the top button. yeah there's a lot of people who walk around with this, especially people the rest, that are like here you it is me. your here eighth button yeah that's go. exactly right right there the who record, goes down to, to the third two. button you know who goes down to the third button elvis okay um <laughs> 
And by the way, Michael Bolton did I, that I too. Even, Google, I go ahead, my young crunks. There. Google Michael Bolton. There, I've buttoned Just all the buttons. Is okay. good enough? I feel like a mime. <laughs> Anyways, what was I saying? I was talking about uh, the Phoenix Suns, mm, yes. yes okay. The Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker, of course, and how much they miss Devin Booker. Can I also say this while we're talking about injuries and how it impacts the Phoenix Suns and how discombobulated it has been? Would you say that we saw a lot more point book this year than we've seen? Um since they've gotten good, yes. yes. Maybe not a lot no, more no, than no, back no, in no. the era I'm talking when they about were winning with, games. Since Chris Paul has yes. showed up yeah. here. Yes. Yeah. I, I, that's a concern for me based on what we're seeing right now. That's a concern. I'm not saying you can't ever do it. I'm not saying you can't do it in, in a game. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, man, when you go in and say, this is basically who we are and this is what we're going to do, I think you need to be careful. Because that's a lot of wear and tear on him. And I wonder, I just wonder, if it's starting to break him down. I I go back to what Chris Paul said early in the season. I think this was, this was also in that conversation after that Rockets game on October 30th. Um, where he talked about going into this season with a plan to take some of the weight off of himself. And book. He said and book. He kept saying and book. Take some of the weight off, off, off each of those guys during the regular season. And in a weird way, they haven't been able to do that. Like Chris mm-hmm. Paul missed some games. So that was interesting. Neither one of us is even touching a computer. Yes, what are you um, doing? The uh, Chris Paul's missed games. Devin Booker has missed games. So that so the load is taken off there. But when they've been playing, Chris Paul's playing forty minutes. He's playing both halves of a back to back. Devin Booker was running a lot of point book. So this is not going according to plan. They look like a team that is paying one of their top six players to not pay. That's to, to play. That's what they look like. <laughs> you got pay on the mind. Yeah. It's not even Friday. They're paying them not to pay. Uh, and they're paying for it. So, I don't know. The injuries have obviously, that's something that's impacting a lot of teams. But it's it's extreme with the Suns right now. Again, those numbers. Devin Booker's missed 10. But he's going to miss at least a dozen more. Chris Paul's missed 14. Cam Johnson's missed 31, Jay's missed 39, Payne's yeah. missed 11, and probably counting again, Shamit's missed 12, you know, DA and Tory Craig, 4 and 3, those are just kind of reasonable numbers. You know what's interesting about that as well? The number is 5, right? There are 5 starters that are on the floor. There are 5 backups that are on the floor. There are 5 basketball players that are on the floor. You know what else is 5? Five? 5 offensive linemen. How difficult it is to actually play offensive line when you don't have consistency to the guy that lines up next to you. It's very, very weird. It really is. And you know what? Honestly, with all the injuries, the discombobulation for the Suns, I'm wondering if that also has impacted their play. Because you hear a lot about communication and the miscommunication that's out there on the floor, especially on the defensive end of the floor. I think that could be impacting them in a huge way. I'm trying to button every button on my call, and I'm going to pop the collar, too. It's good to see you're down to button number two instead of three. I'm going to look like one of those explorers from the 15th century by the time we get back. Where's your leisure suit? Text your thoughts to the Vandal text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What do the Coyotes need to do to rebound after their loss to the Panthers, we're going to ask their head coach, Andre Tourney. He'll join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
can't get behind the wheel without plugging your phone into your car to use CarPlay or Android Auto, you can tell Siri or Google to play Arizona sports while plugged in and stream Arizona sports live from your Arizona sports app. Hey, Siri. Hey, Google. Play Arizona sports. All right, Basinonians, Ron Wolfley here from my brothers over at Presidential Pools. You know, Presidential Pools is a company I trust because of their people, of course, and the process. As Arizona's number one pool builder, they can transform your backyard just like they did for We Are the Woo Fan Clan. I'm telling you, we're so happy with them. Whether it's a new pool or you want to go all in and completely transform your backyard, they can do it, man. They can do a pergolas, barbecue area, TV and entertaining areas. They do it better than anybody else. Voted independently as Arizona's number one pool builder. They pride their company on the people that work there and, of course, the people that take care of you. With in-house financing, they can work around any budget, Basinonians. Presidential Pools is Arizona's number one pool builder for a reason. They built our pool four years ago, and we are so happy that they did. Go to presidentialpools.com, presidentialpools.com, Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. All right, Coyotes back in action tonight in Philadelphia against the Flyers team they already beat earlier this season. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is their head coach, Andre Turney. Bear, thanks for the time as always, man. How are you doing? Very good. What about you guys? Doing well, Bear. Doing good. Somebody pointed this stat out to me earlier. I believe it's true. This is your last game in the Eastern time zone this season. Did you know that? No, I did not know that, but it makes a lot of sense. I felt we spent huh, a lot of time here so far this year, so it makes a lot of sense. Bear, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Panthers game. Of course, you guys lost that game, tough game. You started the second period on fire. What did you say to your guys in that first intermission, man? Because I love the way you guys came out. Yeah, that's. I, I think I did not say anything special. I think it's uh, we we played well as well in the first period. It's just we we had a few few adjustments made, and I think the guys were were ready for the second period. I, I, in all that game, I think we had a good game in, in ourselves. We uh, we we were executing well. We we're seeing the ice well. It's, it's a couple of plays. In the in the the second and third period, where it cost us a lot, especially in the second, I should say, where our urgency for just a moment was not at the level it has, has to be, and we paid dearly for those mistakes. It's, it's that if you look the entire game, we had more good moment than bad, but it's a good league if you don't get the consistency every shift. An opponent, especially a, a team like Florida, who our first in the league unexpected go for they can make you pay at any moment I want to go back to the actually the Toronto game from last week because we haven't got to talk to you since then but that was that was the end of a three game sweep at home over the Kings the Avalanche and the Maple Leafs second time you guys have beaten the Leafs I know you've heard all those stats four times in the calendar year you'd beaten Toronto but just being down there when you guys were walking off the ice like it does seem to hit differently for some of the players when you beat Toronto like that yeah, it is for sure. There's a lot of guys who are 
from Toronto, and there's there's a, a swag around that team where you know you you like to beat them. It's it's a little bit like in the NFL, the Pats in the good years. You know the people they they like to beat the Pats. They they had a lot of a lot of people outside of our room in the hockey industry talk about the Leafs for a lot of reasons. So it's always an extra motivation when you play against them. And especially, like I said, there's a lot of guys from Ontario, from Toronto area. They grew as a, as a Leafs fan. So, and they have Austin Matthews, which is a, <laughs> is a, the best player ever born in, in Arizona. So uh, he's, he's friends with a lot of our guys. They, they skate together during the summer, all of it. So all for all those reasons, whatever is the reason who, uh, who sell your boat, you can pick one of them and playing the Leafs, it's, it's an extra motivation for sure. Man, Barry, you know what? I want to take you back to that Panthers game once again. Um, Clayton Keller's backhand goal was as filthy <laughs> as I've seen in a while. I, I mean, yeah, a backhand. Were there any details yeah. on that play that we missed, though, from your perspective? No, that was, you know, there were traffic in front, the flash screen in front, and Kels just to create that opportunity as well was a hell of a play. He, he had a burst of acceleration, went around his guy, Craig, uh, Valimaki, create time and space for him, kind of around the little pick on, the, on the, uh, the top of the zone. And Kels took the space, skied hard, and uh, made a hell of a back end post. And like that was a, was a really, really good shot. No doubt about it. How much of that, too, is just the element of surprise where maybe you don't expect him to have the audacity to even take that shot in that situation? That's part of it. And the other thing is it's uh, it's tough to read a backhand shot. You know, you, you, the, the puck doesn't uh, take off uh, the same way. It doesn't get out of the stick in the same way. So for a goalie, it's it's a tougher read, but it's tough to put that much wood, that that much velocity on the back end shot. So credit to Kells, it was a it, it was a hard back end shot and from from a certain distance. But it, it, no doubt, a back end like that is tougher to read for a goalie. But uh, you need to be able to. It's a skill play. You know? It's not everybody who can make that quality of a back end from that distance. Vimelka gave up five goals, and I actually yeah. thought he kept you in the game. I, I, how is that possible? Do you agree with that, Bear? <laughs> yeah, no, I think, not so much. Huh? Not so much. No, no, no. No, I think Veg. I, I said it today at the the media availability. I think Veg been our best player since the start of the season. I think he, most of our win, Veg had had a. Huge part in it. I think he was really good. I think uh, in that game against the Panthers, he was not a factor on the way or the other. He made really key safe, but the volume is huge. We're used to see Veg making uh, maybe one or two more key saves, but it's, yeah. I'm not saying it's on him at all. The right. Panthers are, the, like I said, the best. Offensive team in terms of expected goal, they had quality chance. Uh, we had moment of lack of urgency, so we didn't help him enough. But I don't think he was a factor like he's been on certain game on the positive way. 
Talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Tourney. Uh, Bear, just to, to take you away from the NHL team for a second, the World Juniors going on, which I know you're very familiar with. Logan Cooley had a really good tournament for Team USA, and he's obviously a Coyotes draft pick. And then Dylan Gunther still in there playing for a gold medal with Canada. Just what, what in your mind is that experience going to be like for those guys in terms of helping them going forward, too? You know, it, it, it is your – for, for people – we didn't go there who've never been at the World Junior. They think it's a great tournament. When you go there, the atmosphere, the intensity of the moment, the, the, the emotion of the moment, the, the, the media presence, the, it's huge. You know, there's, there's half of the country for Canada will watch that game tonight. It's a lot of pressure. Your friends, your uncle, your aunt, your parents, your high school friends, everybody will watch that game. So it, it, I love that because that is part of the growth and an athlete. You must be able to perform at that high stage, at that big stage, at that stage where it's it's a must win and it's, it's you need to perform, bring your A game. I, when, I, when I played in the, in the final uh, – Couple of years ago, in in uh, 2020, there they had 34 million people in Russia who watched that game. So it's not just in Canada. There, it, it's it's an event where there's a lot of people watching. You can feel the pressure. And I was talking to Bill Armstrong this week, and he was talking about how good it is for guns or for Dylan Gunter to be at that tournament and to live that pressure and that moment of you need to perform and you have the puck on your stick on your stick and three minutes to go and it's two one four or again that you need to make the, the play and you need to make the, the right decision. You cannot practice that. You you need to live it. You need to be there when the pressure is on and you need to react the same way then when you practice, but it's not everybody who can make abstraction of all that pressure and be stay in the moment and doing it. And there's no better moment for Cooley or for Gunter and all those guys for us to experience that than at nine, 18, 19 years old at the World Junior. One of my pet peeves in the game of football is not running to the ball. There's no excuse to not run to the ball offensively, run to the ball defensively, run to the ball. It's a pet peeve that I have in the game of football. Turnovers in your own end, that's my pet peeve for hockey. <laughs> right there, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bear, have you guys been struggling with turnovers? Yeah. And you certainly yes. did against the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, you're bang on. I think that is something. There, there's a, a line between making play and making the right play. And there's, if you try to, it's a little bit like a quarterback in football who doesn't want an interception. At some point, you need to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. If, if you, you cannot always throw the ball when it's clean cut and the guy is wide open. Right. So every quarterback in football can do that. But you need to be able to make the play under pressure, the play where the guy's under pressure and you will find a hole, you will find the right velocity, the right spot to hit him. So you don't, you don't get picked. If you cannot do that as a quarterback, you will never be able to win the last game. Yep. It's the same thing in hockey at some point. You, you you don't want turnover, but at some point you need to make play. So it's it's a balance. It's a try and error. You need to, to grow your game. And it's at NHL, the best league in the world. If you cannot find that balance at some point, 
the, 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 you will pay for for it with your job because yep. it's a league where you need to make the play, but you need as well to be effective. So you not need to to know when it's time to make the play and when it's time to gain the next zone and just flip it out and live to fight another day. And that's a balance you work every year, every day, and it's you cannot take it for granted. Well, Bear, I know you got this game against the Flyers coming up soon, so thank you for the time. Good luck tonight. Thanks, Bear. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. You too. That's uh, Coyotes head coach Andre Tourney joining us right there, as he does every week on the Arizona Sports Line. We'll come back. Final segment of the show. We'll get back into Hard Knocks. We really we, we did Hard Knocks with Hard Rock early, but there's a lot of other sound to react to from that, and we'll do that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> All right, final segment of the show. No lyrics. You can't play any of the lyrics. No, no. It's bad. I wonder how long it goes on this rotation, though. Just, right. just one riff over and over again from, uh, what's his name, West Borland? I think that's who it is. It's just some savagery here. Just... Come on, you know the lyrics. No, you sing it. What are Come you on, Wolf, about? sing it. I, I, it's just one saying? of those days. <laughs> All right, right, thank you. Now, that's the only line you can say. I, look at, I mean, I hit the post on it. It's just amazing, man. So when when you're done amazing yourself, let's uh, uh, get back into hard luck. <laughs> it's innate. I love it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you know, the angle of Hard Knocks we didn't talk about that I honestly thought was going to be all over your notes of the show, of like the, the show stealer and the, and the amazing sound or whatever, yeah, standout okay. sound, um, was David Blau. And David Blau. His, his run rhymes with cow. His, uh, his run. cow offense. To being the starting quarterback. And they detailed that uh, on, on last night's episode of Hard Knocks. Here he is talking about his unlikely journey. Remember, he was on Hard Knocks with Detroit at the start of the season and got cut. <laughs> and now here he is actually starting for the Cardinals here at the end of the season, in season. I can't say honestly that I ever thought this would happen. I guess it started in March, signing back in Detroit. If I planned it myself, I'd probably be sitting in the room in Detroit where, you know, Jared's played all 100% of the snaps this year. You know, I would have been his backup and helping those guys. You know, getting experience so much in training camp. Ended up you know, making the team on the first cut day and then released the night of and trying to decide what was next for me. And I got to go to Minnesota and... And, you know, every week kind of figuring out if I'm going to be on the practice squad there or if there's going to be an opportunity to go to somebody's 53-man roster. I was out of practice, and Coach O'Connell came up and grabbed me on the shoulder and said, hey, you don't know this yet, but when you go into your, your locker, you're going to have a phone call from your agent, and the, the Cardinals are wanting to sign you to the active roster. Now i got to pick up and tell Melissa. And she says, I'm down for an adventure. And I was on a flight that night to Arizona. So here we are, third team, and four months later, with a really special opportunity. You know, there's only 32 starting quarterbacks tomorrow. And to be one of them, I don't take it lightly. I hope that's what people see tomorrow. Wow. Kind of was, see was, the human side of it. They really had a close-up on him, too, yeah. when he was talking, right? They had a close-up on him, and you could just see the... Uh, the um, emotion that was behind what it was that he was saying right there. Um, I, I'm not saying that he was on the edge of breaking down. He was not. I, I'm talking about the absolute bottom line truth that was coming out of his mouth. The way that he was 
describing it, man. I, I love that moment of hard knocks last night. And then he went out, and I mean, look, they scored 19 points. It's not like he was Patrick Mahomes, but he went out and did a lot of the things that we haven't seen from the Cardinals quarterback position this year. Like, he went out and executed certain things, and, and like, Cliff spoke glowingly about him on, was that Tuesday, Wednesday? I don't know what day it was, uh, but, you know, just the way that he was able to um, do some stuff that they that they haven't been able to do this season. And, like, get into the red zone. Yeah. Now, once again, they were one of four in the red zone, but they got there. And pick it all up with one day of practice. Like, Cliff would tell him something, and he would retain it and do it. So, I don't know where this all goes with David Blau. It's impossible to project anything for the the Cardinals right now because you don't know who the coach or the GM are going to be, but uh, and, and you don't even know who the quarterback is in Week One. But I thought that that was to see the behind the scenes of that was one of the the few like uplifting stories the Cardinals have had lately on that show. Yeah, and you know, once again, personally, um, as somebody who's been an underdog their entire life, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for this guy, David Blau, man. I mean, again, he's been in the league. Um, it's not like this is his first rodeo. I don't want to make it sound that way, but he, he has kind of bounced around recently, of course. Um Man, I root for guys like that. I do. Especially a pro. A guy who goes about his business the way that David Blau goes about his business right now. And I love the way Cliff built the game plan around David Blau and what it was he could do. It just shows you once again that Cliff is not an ideologue. He is not. It's not going to be a situation where it's just my way or no way. And I love that. It shows that he is flexible. Uh, we played this earlier right at the start of the show. We didn't really get to react to it, though, because the Hard Knocks with the uh, Hard Rock segment is, is so tight on time. But this is J.J. Watts after the game. Uh, you know, he had another sack in that one. He has a chance. The record for sacks in somebody's final season is 13, and he's at 10.5 right now. 10.5. So he's going to have to get to Brock Purdy at least 2.5 times on Sunday. But, you know, he had a sack in the game against Atlanta, but that last drive was not up to his own personal standard, and he apologized to the the whole team afterwards. First, I want to apologize. On that last drive, I got caught out of my gap, and then I was trying hard to make another play, so I jumped off sides. That's me. I'm sorry. That sucks. You got to be accountable. You got to trust your teammates. That's me. So I apologize for that. I appreciate your effort. I appreciate your work. We only got one more of these teams, boys. Let's have a good week. Let's go out there, and let's play the game we love. Cards on three. One, two, three. Cards. Okay, so that really is awesome to me. I I listen to that and I get a little geeked out because of who is actually saying it right now. We're talking about a Hall of Fame player, a living legend in J.J. Watt, who is breaking it down. When you hear him say first, what he's doing is he's breaking everybody down. They're all around him. They're, they're standing around him. They got their hands up. He's breaking it up, right? And that's why he said first. He wanted to say something before he broke it down. And um, you know why they would pick him, of course, coming out and saying, hey, listen, um, I'm retiring. I wouldn't be surprised if every breakdown, every breakdown, whether it's in practice or in the game, the rest of the way is going to be J.J. Watt. Well, you don't have Buddha anymore now to be able to do it either. Exactly. So um, when he said first, I thought it was so cool that he wanted to say this. To everyone around him before they actually broke. First, I want you to know I messed up. That's on me. Boy, when you hear me talk about accountability, 
Uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You've got to be accountable first. He felt like he almost had to confess something to them all before he led them and broke them down. And there, within that word picture right there, that lies the secret of being a leader and what it's all about accountability, holding yourself at a standard you won't hold anyone else to, and then being able to walk up to somebody else and go, dude, really? There were a lot of moments in last night's episode that really kind of drove the point home, because maybe you lose sight of it with just how the season has gone. How big of a deal Sunday is going to be around the rest of the league that J.J. Watt is retiring? I mean, you had Atlanta coaches in the game coming up and being like, thank you for retiring because I'm yeah. tired of dealing with you. Uh, you had the officials congratulating him. You we played the clip of Cameron Thomas earlier saying, man, I hope someday I can retire on my own terms like you're doing. Uh, but that's that's going to be an emotional game considering it means nothing to the Cardinals in the standings because it's J.J. Watt's last game. I would imagine all, this defense is mostly young guys now yeah. that looked up to J.J. Watt. They're not going to want to let him down in the last game. Yeah. But also J.J. Watt in particular, like he knows going in and he knows we all know this is his yeah. last game. That's a, that's a lot on the line in a game where there's nothing on the line. Yeah, and geeking out once again, J.J. Watt, um, I hope he, he's going to retire. He says he's going to. I hope he stays I retired. think he will. I, 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 so do I. And I, I didn't I, buy the Brady one. You okay. give me that. I never I never believed Brady. You're you're right about that. I believe Watt. I hope he does because it will even add to the legend of J.J. Watt. It does. Yeah. Just like Barry Sanders, man. It does. It it. If he stays retired, he is indeed going out on top. And that is a very, very difficult thing to do when you are a professional athlete. You almost have to see your own athletic mortality for you to believe it, for you to know that you're done in your heart. J.J. Watt will would leave the game, of course, this year and not see his own athletic mortality. He had a great year. Yeah, no, he's he, absolutely he's <laughs> ten and a half sacks on top of other things and, and being a leader on this team. But you're right. If he the thing is, and Zoe said this when he was in here, if he can start to line stuff up after the retirement, and he's got so many options, TV, whatever he wants to do. I don't know that he would coach, but he can still be a mentor to these current young Cardinals. We'll see. Final game, though, on Sunday. All right, that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks to Lorenzo Alexander for joining us earlier. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.